0: It was a massive recruiting weekend for LSU. Several members of the 2024, five and six classes were in Tiger Stadium on Saturday night when the Tigers played Auburn. So who is headed to LSU? Who is high on LSU? And who may but just be moving away from LSU? We'll get into that on today's edition of Locked in LSU. You are locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, joining us now on Locked On LSU is Brian Smith. He covers the Seminoles for the Locked on College Network, and he also covers recruiting for Locked on College. He's our official recruiting insider, and all of our recruiting breakdowns are brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That is why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on College. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Brian, it was a a huge weekend, a massive weekend for LSU, obviously, blowing out Auburn. It was a team that they could have blown out, and they took advantage of that opportunity. So it was good to see that, but it was also a huge weekend for LSU in terms of recruiting. And one thing that you pointed out to me over the summer was how Brian Kelly was reserving the in-season Saturday nights in Death Valley for the in-state recruits. Yes. And we saw a lot of that on Saturday night, a, a big recruiting boom after that game. Two recruits in a matter of 24 hours after that game you know was finished. One of them being a four-star edge rusher, CJ Jackson, out of the state of Georgia in the 2024 class, the third edge rusher in the 2024 class, um, and the 13th ranked player out of the state of Georgia in the 2024 class. How big is this for LSU? What does CJ Jackson bring to this class?
1: Size and length. Uh, he's 6'5", 225, 230. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of kid that LSU is famous for. Uh, B.J. Ogilari. I hope I pronounced that right. He, that's yep. who he reminds me of. Also a Georgia kid, if I remember correctly. Georgia kid. And he's a little taller. And the upside is tremendous. He's from Tucker. It's a program on the south side of Atlanta that's forever been a program that LSU and everybody else stops by every spring because it always has dudes. They're always yeah. competing for state titles. Getting a kid like this that has his upside with his ability to bend off the edge is what LSU needs a lot more of because they've been inconsistent with that at some points Mm -hmm. this year, sadly, because it's LSU and that should never be the case, but this is going to be a really good class for the D-line. So adding him to the mix already, that's pretty good. So I think LSU hit a pretty big piece right there because you could just never have enough edge rushers in college football today
0: can never have enough edge rushers in college football. And there was an alarming number of defensive players that LSU had to bring in through the transfer portal. And a lot of those were on the defensive line and in the front seven, whether it's Braden Swinson or Paris Shand or Omar Spates, like those guys aren't going to be there forever. And also I don't know if those guys are really playing up to the level that's expected for a defensive player at LSU. So, also, that's massive of homegrown talent of really good defensive players that you can bring up throughout your program.
1: I think that's part of it. Um, the most of the teams that make the playoffs and are competing, if you look at them outside of Florida State, who's the kind of one outlier, everybody else is prom- predominantly, we're going to sprinkle in a couple of kids from the portal. Right. But 85% of our roster, we recruited. You know, Atlanta is a spot that LSU has recruited forever and successfully, Mm -hmm. and most of their other kids are like Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana. And it's worked obviously very well. Mm -hmm. So why would they change? And this is something that's probably going to be not deaf on uh, Brian Kelly either. I think they're going to be a little more selective next year with the portal.
0: And that is to be expected your first couple of years when you inherit a roster that's decimated on both sides of the football (laughs) you're going to have to just pick up whatever you can via the transfer portal. But year three, year four, that's when you need to start getting your guys within the program. And I think that's when you're going to start feeling those effects because obviously you're feeling the effects on the field of not having that deep talent that LSU is accustomed to having defensively.
1: Yeah, especially corner, Uh, something you and I talked about on a consistent basis.
0: (sighs) You know that keeps me up at night. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's why I text you about it. <laughs>
0: thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I always appreciate those reminders. Whenever I see your name pop up in my phone, I'm like, it's probably something about this total crap defensive back. There. <laughs> but I appreciate it. So that was the one commit that came after the Auburn game. There was a second one as well in the 2025 class. So a little bit of a delayed gratification there, but Teron Francis wide receiver out of Edna car high school in New Orleans. So that checks one priority box for Brian Kelly is we want to keep our in-state talent in state. We don't need to see kids from New Orleans and left yet in Baton Rouge going to Florida and Alabama and Texas A&M. I looked at a picture of Teron Francis and I thought that I pulled up a picture of his dad. Like he looks like a grown man. What do you know about him?
1: His play resembles that of a grown man, very strong, breaks tackles. He's explosive. And he's running away from kids in New Orleans against the top competition. You and I both know that city well for high school football. And if you're doing that, you're a special talent. So, and he's doing it as an underclassman. He's only going to get faster and stronger. He's give or take 200 pounds, 5'11", 6 foot. He's built like a a running back in a lot of ways. Um, He's bigger than some of the uh, receivers they have on campus in terms of physical stature. This is the kind of player that LSU is famous for. They always seem to find those receivers that are 50 50 ball winners. You know, it's this is nothing new. It's just another one in a deep pipeline. They got a great class of receivers right now in 24, 25s, obviously started off good too. That's, that's not going to be a problem for the Tigers.
0: Yeah. And it is, it is at least refreshing to see that this history of wide receivers coming out of LSU. You know, you look at the two best in the NFL right now wore an LSU uniform and it was on the same team. And that was a very fun team. Um, And also the other aspect of that too, is the guys that you're seeing now, you know, Malik neighbors, Brian Thomas, they're not going to be there next year. Kyron Lacey, Chris Hilton. They're not going to be there come 2025. So it's so important to continue to build that constant, just, you know, you know, bringing wide receivers in and bring players of any position in and having a fresh, almost assembly line of players at those positions.
1: Yeah, because LSU, I think in the last twenty years has as many players that have left after their junior season as any school, Bama included. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, kids just get out of the boot when they can get out, mm-hmm. and if that's the best way to help your family, I get it. But yeah. a lot of those kids were first, second, third round picks too, so it was a pretty wise decision. But LSU's receiver corps, yeah, it's gonna go, it's gonna turn over pretty quickly here. They yeah. need some of those guys to make some inroads with the with the receivers and across the board. They need to make some plays that aren't the two guys you're talking about, Thomas and Neighbors. So we can kind of see what they're going to have for next year, kind of help them out. Because they may have to take a transfer portal kid, even if it's just one, no biggie. But that's going to be a big change. It's hard to lose, Walker. And our Thomas and neighbors. That's that's yeah. two really good players.
0: That's, yeah, that's going to hurt. And that's the catch-22 of having a team that can cons- t- consistently churns out NFL talent is yeah, you can nervous. use that as a recruiting tool of, hey, you come here, you're going to get to and possibly thrive at the next level. But the other side of that is you'll likely lose them after three years, and it's yeah. just constant turnover. And the transfer portal makes that turnover even more difficult. Um, Absolutely. So those were the two players that have committed, but there is another big name in the 2025 class that was also in attendance at the entire stadium on Saturday night. What that what the with the latest buzz is coming out of there. We'll get into that coming up next. But first I want to tell you about LinkedIn jobs. So these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. So that is why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's incredibly easy to post a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Just go to LinkedIn.com, create that free job post. Best part about it, it is free. And then add your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They've got simple tools like screening questions that make it so easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and to hire. We all know that it is so important to have just the right person in place to help your team fire on all cylinders. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get back into it because LSU got commitments on the defensive side of the ball in the 2024 class and C.J. Johnson, a four-star edge rusher out of Georgia, an offensive player in the 2025 class and Teron Francis, wide receiver out of Edna Carr. But there's also been a lot of buzz about a player that has yet to commit but was at LSU on Saturday night for that Auburn game, and that's Bryce Underwood. Now, some some buzz coming out of that is you know it said the atmosphere was crazy. He said that Tiger Stadium stood out. He said the student section and the people, the coaches that he met. He said it was live, which is I'm guessing young people slang for good. Um, so I'll take that. Bryce Underwood, five star quarterback at Michigan. What do we know about him?
1: He might be the number one player in the 25 class. I've seen him play a couple of times. He's one of those rare athletes that at six four, six five, could play free safety, receiver, whatever he wants. He's an elite athlete first and foremost, and he's got a gun for an arm, and he just loves football. Um, The ball just comes out of his hand effortlessly, and he's got an offer for pretty much every school in the country. He's been to LSU three, four times since the spring, including this past visit. LSU is one of two or three schools considered to be at the top. Michigan and several other SEC schools, et cetera, are after him, but the Tigers are probably at the top of the board right now.
0: And he's got offers and interest from just about every single school in America, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio state, Florida state, Colorado. Why do you think LSU has that edge?
1: Well, they've got coaches that have ties to the state of Michigan. Uh, The offense coordinator and Brian Kelly both coached in that state and they they're familiar with the Midwest. They've been there for the most of their career. I think it's just connections and then I think he's a kid that kind of wants to do his own thing. I've been around him. He's a really articulate kid. He's not going to be tied to just being a Midwest kid. He could go to Michigan. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think that's the easy choice. And Bryce is not that guy. He's going to look around and, and see what he can do. And LSU something different. So obviously Saturday night in Death Valley, as you and I talk about frequently, is very unique. And I think he was kind of curious to that. I'm sure he's seen the big house. I'm sure he's been to Michigan State, et cetera but that's just the local flavor for him because he lives just outside of Detroit. This is a kid that's going to be a national recruit. He'll probably take three or four more visits Mm -hmm. of this variety and then take his officials next summer. He'll be the most hotly contested recruitment in the country.
0: And interesting that uh, it says that his commitment is expected to be January of 2024. So here in just a couple of months, of course, that's, you know, not set in stone. But something easier or something fun to uh, to look out for.
1: Well, if that's the case, uh, I always see the same guys at a big tournament in South Florida in January. That would be interesting. Cause he's he'll be but then get a word for us. No <laughs> he, he may be announced by then. Who knows? But I will believe it when I see it if he does that. And even if he does, that's awful early for the number one player to commit. That could create other stirs after his commitment. But uh that's interesting news.
0: That is what well, always what I look at it as a commitment until pen is hits paper.
1: Yeah, it's just a wean.
0: It's just a, it's just a, a a light commitment, if you will. Uh, That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, coming up next, a little bit of not so fun news for LSU on the recruiting front: one player that is decommitted in the twenty twenty four class. What does that mean for this class? We'll get into that with Brian coming up next. All right, well, thanks again for making Locked On issue you your first listen every single day. And college football season is here. And this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football kickoff live. Every single Friday, Locked On will go live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every single day. To so find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel, you will not want to miss it. A little bit of news coming out this week about LSU in the 2024 class. Joseph Stone, a four-star wide receiver in the 2024 class out of the state of Georgia, has decommitted. Have you heard anything about why that might be the case?
1: I heard about it today, and it's ironic. It's a kid that I've known for a couple of years. Really, really good dude. He was one of their first commits in the class, if I remember correctly, and it shocked me. I haven't texted him or anything yet. The only thing I can figure is he wants to be his own guy because they've got other commitments that are local guys, but I mean, he's got like 50 offers. It's not like he he doesn't have a shortage of options here, but it was out of the blue. I hadn't heard anything about it personally. uh, There's always rumors about out-of-state kids decommitting. I I don't pay much attention to them, Mm -hmm. but LSU has three really good receivers, even without Stone. So I'm not real concerned about wide receiver LSU. That's dead last on my concern list for the Tigers. It's the guys guarding the receivers I'm more concerned about. So I think that's, it's just ironic. Maybe he just wants to be his own guy is my guess, mm-hmm. but that's, that's all I can figure.
0: And it makes sense. And it's not one, like you mentioned, that I'm going to lose sleep over because I always look at whenever a player transfers or decommits, it's either one, that position, that position, room is just a little bit too crowded. And you're thinking, well, I got other opportunities elsewhere where I'm not going to be as buried on the depth chart. That might be the case for Joseph Stone. It could be, look, I'm from Georgia. Louisiana feels a little bit far from home. I just want to go somewhere different. I want to stay closer to home. I get that. There's there's not really much that you can do about that. It's personal preference. And the third is, hey, I don't want to be part of this program anymore. I don't want to be part with, of this coaching staff anymore. As long as it's not the third I can live with that.
1: I don't think it's the coaching staff. I could be wrong, but I haven't heard anything about him with Joseph or anybody else in regards to having an issue with the LSU staff. Uh, that could be something that comes out later in the wash, but I have not heard anything of that nature with any recruit, just to be very clear. Okay. So,
0: you know, concern level about like a 0.2 on a scale of yeah, 10. Yeah,
1: I'm not, I'm not, again, <laughs> LSU and wide receiver. It's all good.
0: Cool. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. Brian Smith. How about them Tigers on Saturday night? How about that LSU defense looking not horrendous. Not good.
1: <laughs> I was curious how you were going to say that. I was Not horrendous.
0: The bars on the floor, Brian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird for me to talk about LSU in that way cuz even when they had bad teams like the 80s and 90s they usually played pretty good defense. The offense right. would stink, but they would they'd win 13 to 10 and it was still a win, you know. But now They didn't have a Heisman-level quarterback. They'd be staring at five and seven.
0: It was so strange for me to – I was at the A&M-Tennessee game on Saturday to go from watching Tennessee play really good defense and get after the quarterback all night long and then transition into watching LSU put up 50 points and throw the ball through the air and not really play defense. I'm like, look how the tables have turned with these two teams. It's
1: crazy. Because yeah, last year, Tennessee couldn't defend anything, but they could oh. score. Now it's just the opposite.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it
1: really is weird. That's a, that's a great point. I would have never guessed that about Tennessee this year at all. No way. Not
0: in a million years. <laughs> I saw the stat that that was the first game in Josh Heupel's career as a head coach in five and a half years, that he won a game by scoring less than 30 points.
1: Oh, wow. That's not a good stat.
0: That's not a good stat. But credit to Tennessee finding a way to win. Credit to LSU, finding a way to just put up points against all odds.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm looking forward to the LSU at Alabama game. There's no telling what's going to happen in that contest.
0: It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Well, Brian Smith, appreciate you for joining us. Where can the people find more of your work?
1: At scout underscore Florida on X, formerly known as Twitter, and all over the Locked On Network and YouTube, same thing. I hope to have a lot more recruiting stuff coming up. October is a little slow, but once we get into November, it picks back up for me.
0: Never a slow moment in this sport, (laughs) in this industry. Brian, appreciate you as always. Thanks for stopping by.
1: Thank you very much, Caroline.
0: Well, thanks for making Locked LSU your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Brian Smith for stopping by and hanging out with us. We'll get into more of a recap of what we saw against Auburn this past weekend and start to look ahead to Army this weekend as well. All of that coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU.